This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. This is Race Your Game. Good afternoon. Good morning. <laughs> Frida Liu here together with Sheila Singer from Human Equation, uh, the Tools for Transformation series. She comes on the final Friday of every month. Uh, what we're going to do is we're going to just change things a little differently. I know like traditionally you always bring someone in who brings in a scenario or, or, or how uh, NLP has actually changed that person and whether they apply in their life or whether they apply in work. But what we're going to go through right now is also just go through a couple of case studies. And, and these are case studies which is very real in our work. Life. This is would have affected someone we know ourselves uh, at some stage or the other, right? And uh, what we're going to also encourage is uh, if any of you, after going through today's session, have a pertinent issue, uh, maybe more in the work area, you can actually send us your situation to enterprise at bfm.my and uh, something that we can help you go through and, and solve, right? Um, I'm going to go through the first one right now, Sheila, um, and this is, this is very uh, interesting. Here is the scenario. Uh, a senior manager switched jobs, right? And in her previous company, uh, she was highly stressed and the job scope was enlarged way beyond uh, what was agreed upon. And she was asked to juggle two huge portfolios. We've heard that story before. Mm-hmm. Uh, we should not allow her to devote the time needed to get the desired results from either, mm-hmm. right? So her CEO treated her badly, he used to pick up the phone late at night and yell at her, giving reports to her immediate boss that she, has, that she was not up to mark. Now, in her position prior to this, she performed with excellence. Mm. So demoralized, she quit and sought a new position that paid her more and where her talents seemed to be appreciated. Yet she, because of that first situation, she constantly felt anxious and nervous that she wouldn't meet the expectations of her bosses. Mm. So her confidence was at an all-time low. How would you coach her? Hmm. Okay, actually, that that's a very real case scenario. Mm. It's, it's happened to a lot of people. So what happened is one of the reasons why she couldn't perform in the first job is also she had a natural timidity, right? She had a natural fear of confrontation. So when people were just coming against her and saying, why is this not happening and why are we not getting the results that we hired you for and all that, she just couldn't stand up for herself and say, well, you know, you changed the goalposts. Mm. When I came in, it was for me to focus on this area and to produce the results in this area, which I can do Mm. with the resources available to me, and which includes time and manpower. But you have given me two huge portfolios and you want me to be excellent in both. I can oversee both, but I need people below me to, to you mm. know. So this, this was her contention, but all of this going on inside her head, mm. she did not voice it out. She did not verbalize her thoughts because of fear, because of fear of authority, fear of being thought inadequate. You know, a lot of people in the corporate sector, Frida, they take on a whole load of stuff, which is piled and piled and piled and piled. They say, La, unto those who are capable, more is given. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Let me will. reward you with more work. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. You are so good already. So, you know, I can only rely on you. So let me give you more, you know. But in other ways, uh, remuneration is not a lot more, la, you know. Mm. So uh, what happens is when people like this, um, after a while, the, they can't say cannot, you know. So what? one of the things that you would coach a person like this is to sit down and actually prioritize. Make a list of 10 things that you can do with the time and resources given to you, all right? And if somebody adds another five things, you've got to go back to them and negotiate. 
and say no. Yeah, you could say no or you say, okay, this this is so urgent and only you think only I can do it, fine. You want me to put it at the top of the list? What do I bump down to the bottom ah. of the list? So it's called negotiating because listen, people are not humanly capable of doing more than what they can do. Mm. There are just so many hours in a day. You just have got so much stamina and so much strength. You know, and limited resources. So another thing that I get, I, I, I train people to do in a circumstance like this is to go and sit, set a well-formed outcome, which is to ask the person or boss or whoever is assigning them the job, what's the ultimate objective you want to achieve? Okay, and to go through the well-formed outcome model, which is to say, is it um, is it ecological? Yes. Is it achievable? Yes. But is it within my control? No, because you're not giving me enough resources. You're not giving me enough people, enough finances. As it stands, I cannot deliver within the time frame you mm. are giving me. Mm. Even if I were to work 20-hour days, I can't. Okay. So I'm only going to willing to work maybe 10-hour days. Okay. So you need to extend at least a second to me. If you can't hire people on a permanent basis uh, because of policy, then at least uh, you second to me two people from somewhere else or you get people to come on contract basis to assist me with this. So it's about negotiating. You know, I, I like that, that, uh, that example you said where you actually say, okay, let me just go through you the things I have to do right now and having to... So if I, if what is the focus right now? So yes. you sit down with your manager. So what's the focus right now? If this is the focus, this has to be moved down a little bit. Yeah. So when and, and when you sit down and just draw it out with your manager, you also show them visually and it's non-confrontational. Correct. And But you're still addressing the issue. Correct. Yeah. It's like I had this um, person in, in the property sector mm. who was given a mandate to completely sell uh, uh, units in a project by a certain time frame, all right, and then hand over uh, in a certain time frame. And she was like at her wit's end because she said, I can't do it. So we got her to do the well-formed outcome model. Under re, re, Is it within your control? No. The minute it's no, it's not a well-formed outcome, then you cannot deliver it. But what do you what do you do? You gotta tell people that it is only within it's never within my control because you know when you are doing property, it's very much up to approvals given by the state government and things like that. That I can't control. All right? They're the ones who decide. So if they decide and give me the approval, then yes I can deliver in this time frame. So you actually have a concrete argument to go back instead of just telling your boss, No luck cannot. Hmm. You know, people don't want to know, no, cannot. If you, uh, they want to know, I can do it, but not in the time frame you want or not with the resources you want. Yeah. You give me this, you give me that, can. No, but coming back to this issue, what stopped this person, this professional from standing up and speaking out, all right, is her fear. Hmm. She, from a very young age, had a fear of authority, very strict parents, hmm. okay? One parent was non-confrontational. Never spoke up. Ah. Okay. So she modeled that she one. She modeled that one. And but the fear of the very, you know, garang parent, mm. uh, very fierce parent, the fear was was sort of installed at a very young age. Fear of authority. Mm. So when people came to her and challenged her and shouted at her and all that, she just went into fear mode. Mm. You know, and kind of like modeled her father. So uh, Yeah. And, and I'm thinking also, because just, just, just this week I had a conversation about the, the power distance index, which we, you know, we top. Um, and, and there's that fear of bringing up to authority, yes. right? So and, and so that's, that's also that culturally, I think, in Malaysia. Yeah. But it's good, you know, I mean, like you, as you 
you're saying, get back to why the fear result, yeah. why was the fear in the first place, and then get to the point of negotiation. That's right, because mm. Frida, we, we live in a very patriarchal society, mm. okay? Um, and many of us, um, I wouldn't know so much, it's not so much the case with the Gen Y and Gen X now, because they're more argumentative mm. and, you know, they, they, they ask the why question and, no, I'm not going to do it because it doesn't make sense to me and I don't want it and all that. So we're having those issues there. Okay. But with older generation, people like me, and right now in a lot of senior management positions, it's like, you know, people of older generation, mm. Gen X, and even maybe some baby boomers, um, they have been brought up in this sort of environment where you don't question. School system also, yeah. you don't question. You know, you open your mouth, teachers just sit down and keep quiet and don't ask why. Hmm. So we never, we learn never to confront authority and the fear is installed in us. Okay. So what I did with this um, person was to go back and identify, go back, talk a little bit about her childhood, whereby we uh, got her to see, I got her to see that she was actually modeling the non-confrontational mm. father. All right. And her fear of authority had been installed at a very young age because, uh, you know, of the strict mother. Right. And so we've been modeling society mm. in, in the way that we've been relating in that, you know, manager subordinate uh, kind yeah, of experience. We, we model very much uh, the people who have okay. influences in our early years. Because I, I wanted to bring up this question. I think you probably answered it, you know, so how now uh, her confidence was an all time low. Mm. So how do you bring the confidence back okay. is, is to go through that, that exercise? Okay, so what we did was uh, we used, um, I used um, after you know all the preliminary talking about things, getting her to see where the fear was from and all that so finding the root cause of the fear I used uh, timeline therapy techniques, which is a very simple technique of getting you to go back mm. um, sort of and look at the event, the first root cause event. That is where it all starts. That's a crucial to get that root cause right. Okay, so to go back there, the first event where she felt fear, and it was something very innocuous when she was three, four years old or mm. something. When we look back, we're like, I, was that really where it wow. all started? The Seriously? Trigger, the trigger. The trigger, but it was. So get got her to take learning. So when we get people to take the learnings, uh, they're able to let go of the emotion. Mm. So once that fear was cleared, a lot of her limiting beliefs which sat on that fear also got dismantled, hmm. right? So then also we got rid of other limiting beliefs. Like I'm not good enough to do this job. Now, limiting belief, fears and, and negative emotions usually get installed when we're very young or before the age of seven. Eh? But uh, limiting beliefs, can you can take on any time. Hmm. Like maybe last week someone told you something and then you chose to, you made the decision to believe it and adopt it as a belief. That can happen too, hmm. you know. So what we did was we took on, and then we, we talked, of course, about the job before she took this on where she was really excellent. So she got, was made to see that she hmm. had the capability yep. for excellence. Of course, this had shattered her self-esteem. She was wondering, can I work in such a big organization and take on such a big role again? So once we got rid of the fear, Fear of that went And also um, feelings of sadness and things went And we got rid of the limiting belief that says she cannot do her present job Or she cannot do this role mm. and, and installed instead the opposite empowering belief okay. I can do anything that, you know, in within this line that I set my mind to Right 
Mm-hmm. Okay, we'll, we'll be discussing some other uh, case studies after this. Um, I'm here with Sheila Singer from Human Equation, a Tools for Transformation uh, series. Stay tuned to Race Again, BFM 89.9. Become fabulous millionaires. BFM 89.9. Good morning. It's Razor Game. This is Frida Liu, Sheila Singer from Human Equation, our Tools for Transformation series. What we're going to go through is some uh, case studies uh, of situations you know you you've either you experienced or I've experienced, or we know someone who has. Um, and also, what we're going to do is probably in the final Friday of every month when Sheila comes on, is if you've got any situation that you'd like to address, you can send your scenario. And you can say, I want to be anonymous um, and send it to enterprise at bfm.my. I'm going to go through another one again. And this is, I'm sure, people that have come across in your life, right? A young girl who came for customer service training was terrified of the male trainer, should not make eye contact with anyone, whispered when spoken to and cringed when the male trainer addressed her. So you coached her into an instant change. Um, Why the need to coach her? She was in customer service. This was a company that was in retail, Mm. and they were starting a call center. So there was these 10 people who were shortlisted to be the um, part of the startup for the call center. Just just before you finish as well, I'm just thinking of someone who is just, is she generally very gregarious? No. No. How did she get into customer service? Okay. Okay, Very interesting. She could speak well. Okay. So again, uh, you need to examine the criteria. Maybe Mm. with people she was familiar with, she spoke okay, right? She did well at her job. Spoke well, spoke English well, spoke Malay well. So they selected her. Now, very interestingly, I watched this. I was co-training with this young male trainer and um, he was very exuberant. Mm. So, you know, he was a bit dramatic. You know, mm. He spoke with a dramatic flair. So um, when he d- addressed her directly, she was sitting on a swivel chair and she just swung around and turned her back to him and, mm. and went into a, almost S- a fetal position. Serious, okay. And I was looking at this. I said, OMG, how's this girl going to fare in customer service when you've got customers calling on the phone and yelling and screaming at you? What are you going to do? Yeah. So I asked a friend of hers, a colleague of hers during the tea break. I said, hey, um, this young lady, yeah, has she always been like this? Because this young lady was in school with her. Mm. She said to me, she said, uh, no, Miss Sheila, uh, actually, uh, she was in school, uh, very lively, you know, mm. very involved in sports. She will disturb the boys and, mm. you know, she's very outspoken. I said, then how did she become what like happened? this? What happened? She said, I don't know, Miss Sheila. When she was in Form 2, something happened. Mm. Then she became like this. I said, oh. Okay, so something, obviously something happened which traumatized this girl and caused her to be like this with men. Mm. Okay, she was okay with the male colleagues, but with the female colleagues, Mm. but with the male colleagues, she was very, very reticent. Very okay. interesting. I don't yeah? know if I want to know where the story is going to. But no, anyway. no, I didn't. Okay. You see, okay. the thing that okay. we do, uh, Frida, is that when we coach people, we don't ask for details. Mm-hmm. We don't ask for gory details or what happened, who did what, when, and all that. Mm. We just, I just spoke to her at the lunch before the lunch break. I called her and I said, um, "Well, let's just refer to her as Asha." Okay, okay. I said uh, that's not her real name, by the way. I said, "Asha, mm, I just want to know you are in customer service." But I noticed from your demeanor that sometimes you get very intimidated by by the men and male trainers and male voices and all that. Would you like me to help you? Because, you know, this is really going to be... uh, 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 Well, 
limitation, yes. uh, impediment to, yeah. to you doing your job. She said, okay. Uh, so I said, okay. Did something happen to you when you were younger mm. to cause you to begin to feel this way? She nodded her head. I said, okay, I'm not going to ask you what it is because I don't need to know. But will you allow me to help you so that you, you get past this and you're able to go and do your job and, you know, be like you were before? She said, okay. So I I did a coaching session with her, again, getting rid of trauma. There's a process where mm. you get rid of trauma. So I just had to know when the root cause was. And I didn't, I didn't ask her any questions about what happened. So that way she was very reassured. And we just got rid of the trauma. Mm. Okay. And this is what was freaky. Okay, Frida. Mm. She went out to the toilet after that and she threw up. Sometimes you have a bit of a right. physical reaction when you release Manifested a, that a way. deep level, you know, stuff that's been, you know, Mm -hmm. sort of stored there, embedded there. So because there is a neurological connection between your emotions, your state and your body. So she came back after that into the training program. And then um, I noticed her physiology was different. Mm. She was actually sitting up and she was actually facing the Mm. trainers, male trainer. She was making eye contact with people, which she wasn't doing before. And this was really bizarre because the guy, the person sitting next to her was a guy. She grabbed his training manual and looked at it and then pointed out something, said something to him. And all this while before, she had not spoken to any of the male delegates Mm -hmm. in the program. So her friend looked at me, the one who had spoken to me earlier, looked at me like very suspiciously. (laughs) What what jumpy did you do on this girl, right? Did I give her something? So then we were doing a role play. Mm -hmm. Okay, before that, she would just cringe and not participate. So we're doing a role play where you role play an angry customer and customer service executive. Mm. So I said, who wants to be the angry customer? She said, Mishila, I. I looked at her and said, Asha, are you sure? She said, yeah, I can. Everyone just turned around and looked at me. And they looked at me like, what is happening over here? And she did. She did the rest of the program. She was fine. And in the evening, her friend came to me and said, Michelle, I don't know what you did. This is the Asha that I knew. Mm. And for me, uh, it was just being there Mm. and just taking that extra step to look at a really hurting soul Mm. and just do a simple process and get rid of it. And her entire life changed. And she went on to become, you know, a manager at that center and one of the best um, best executives, managers at handling and troubleshooting and handling customer issues. Okay, so it doesn't have to be, um, you don't really, so it, it can be, a, uh, you don't have to go to a, see a, psycho, a psychiatrist in this case. You can actually just be coached out of it. Yeah, you can be coached out of it. I'm mm. saying that some people And she was willing. And she was she willing. She was willing, yeah. yeah. I mean, I it for me, it wasn't, I will never interfere with the work of a psychologist or yeah. psychiatrist. They right. know what There's a doing. time and place for everything. There's a time and place for everything. But in this instance, I thought, well, let me just see if what, I can help. Yeah, what's there to lose? Yeah, yeah. You know, because it, if there's a trauma, then you clear the trauma and see if it goes away. You know, it mm. never harms anyone. Yeah. You know, the processes. So after that, she just, she just blossomed. Mm. One incident in your childhood can impact and color your entire life. True. You know, so if you can just go back, it takes a mo- moment for something bad to impact. You know, impact your entire life. Mm. Why does it have to take years to clear it? It's all in the. It, it's all learned in your neurology. You yeah. learn fear. It's all sitting in your neurology, so you can also dismantle it. 
Yeah. You know, and and learn it? new positive mm. uh, patterns. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, you know, we, we've just. We, I know there's still another uh, story, but maybe we'll save it for, for, yeah, the, for yeah, the next one. We yeah. just went on, which is great, right? Um, so as I was just saying that if you have any, you know, uh, situations, um, you know, work-related, life-related, you can send it to enterprise at bfm.my. Just say if you want it to be anonymous or just on a first-name basis. And, you know, we can discuss this uh, at the end of next month. Sure. Uh, when Sheila Singer from Human Equation returns for her Tools for Transformation series. This is raising game bfm 89.9 thank you for listening to this podcast to find more great interviews go to bfm.my or find us on itunes bfm 89.9 the business station